Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Good morning, everybody. How are you? I hope that you're all having a lovely weekend. It's me, Brooklyn, (laughs) and I'm so excited to be here with you today. So lots to talk about. We're going to be talking about the four levels of consciousness and applying them to private practice, which is so much fun. And you know, it's one of my uh, favorite lenses to view all things private practice through. (laughs) Um, But before we do that, I also want to let you know that on the back of the call that we had with uh, Joanna from PACFA, the CEO from PACFA, who was talking about national standards and all those kinds of things, it became really apparent to me that counsellors who have a diploma are going to need a heck of a lot of support. And so for that reason, I somehow thought that I should be the one to provide that. I feel like after everything that I went through in psychology, I just don't want that to happen to counsellors and I can see it. It's like the nose on, on your face. I can see that it's heading in that direction and I just feel like, I don't know, I just want to join of arc this. Like I, I really want to get in there and help all these counsellors who have a diploma feel like they are worthy, they are valuable, they're not doing anything wrong, they are damn well good enough they can do the job and you know I'm sick to death of hearing about you know taking frameworks from other professions and putting them onto counsellors they just do not fit um you just quickly some of the things I can remember now I'm not going to quote these accurately because I haven't thought about it since we had the conversation on Thursday and I haven't had a chance yet to listen to the replay because it goes for an hour but I will sit down and I will unpack it. But from memory, I don't remember things word for word, by the way. I'm somebody who remembers the feeling of things. Um, but f- from what I can remember, there was something about diploma counsellors shouldn't go and open a private practice unless they've got experience. And somebody was asking, well, how much experience, like six months, 12 months? And there was no answer to that. And I, it really bugged me because I thought, I don't agree with that at all and I teach people with all levels of qualifications how to start private practice. I believe that you do go and get a qualification so that you can (laughs) then work. So it doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't start a private practice on after getting any qualification but I'll go into that in more detail because I've got there's a lot around that as you can probably imagine like I'm being very quick and I'm simplifying. The other thing there was um, Joanna was talking about, and again, I'm I'm not quoting or anything. I'm just going by the feeling that I got, and I will go back and listen. But something about there's a perception amongst other health professionals that 
diploma counsellors are dangerous and not safe and we have to protect the the public and the world from these unsafe diploma counsellors. Now, those weren't her words. It was just a feeling that I got and it really bothered me as well because she kept talking about safety. And I know this is a big thing. It's a big thing with APRA. I know we're not going down the APRA pathway, thank goodness, but we still don't know what these national standards are going to look like. But that's by the by. My concern is where is this thinking coming from? And it is just not true. How is a diploma qualified counsellor uh, more dangerous or, you know, putting somebody in a more unsafe position than someone who's got bachelors? It makes no sense. I don't. When I think about this, and as I said, I've not given it a, a lot of thought yet, but I will. <laughs> um, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking I can understand where the, where the, the mindset comes from because when we're you know, aligning ourselves with other allied health professionals, like say, for example, psychologists, it is a fact. It is true that once you complete your undergraduate in psychology, you then go on to complete like your honors or your master's and then your PhD and all those kinds of things. So can you hear the kookaburras? <laughs> they think it's just as funny as we do. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? So when you complete all those extra qualifications, it does give you an extra skill set that you're then more competent in. So for example, uh, you know, to deliver assessments, you know, a psychologist will need to understand what, when an assessment is required. They'll need to be able to determine what assessment to use, administer it, score it, interpret it, write the report for it and do the follow-up for it, all those kinds of things. Now, they couldn't do that on an undergraduate degree. So they need to go and do the postgraduate qualifications like the honours or the grad dip and the masters and, you know, other masters. And even after they do the masters and they, um, some of them then go off and do an extra two years to then specialise, right? And they get all this extra supervision to specialise. And it's so that they can learn the skills they need to do that particular task or that work in that particular niche, right? So I understand why some allied health professionals would be thinking, well, you've only got a diploma and that only took you a month or 18 months or two years, whatever it took you to do it, depending on the school that you went to and whether you were part-time or full-time or whatever. Um, therefore, you're not as good as us or therefore um, you mustn't be, you know, it's not safe to send you clients and things like that. And for some reason, it sounds, and again, it's just my idea, but it sounds to me like ACA and PACFA have accepted that and said, hmm, that's a really good point. Well, what we're going to do is we're just going to like not no longer accept diplomas. Well, that's what PACFA was saying. They were, they're moving to no longer accept diplomas. And ACA, you know, they've got all their, their overhauling, you know, what diplomas are going to approve and what they're not going to approve and all of that. And it just, it made me wonder because there is a requirement in psychology, for example, or in OT or in social work to go and get extra qualifications so that you can do extra things. But that's very, very different to counselling. There is a plethora of research that says you you can do counselling, you can your clinical outcomes for counselling, your counselling outcomes, your therapeutic outcomes, the transformations that your client experience is in no way, shape or form related to your level of education. So why then 
uh, are we saying, well, we're going to make diploma counsellors go and do some more training? It doesn't make any sense. It's not, it doesn't apply in our industry as I understand it and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it doesn't apply in our industry. Of course, you need extra training if you're going to be administering assessments over in psychology and making diagnosis of people. Of course you do. But that's very different to what counselling is. Counselling is talk therapy. And there is so much research that says people get the same outcome, whether they talk to their teacher, their minister or their pastor, uh, a counsellor, da-da-da-da-da. There is all the research in the world to back up that your level of qualification doesn't impact the outcome that you get. The thing that that impacts the outcome that you get, well, there's two things mainly, but the big one is the therapeutic relationship. So, you know, how well you're able to build rapport with your client, you get along with each other and et cetera, et cetera. That accounts for like the majority of the therapeutic outcome variance. But the the other thing is um, uh, therapist. So, making sure that what's well, called therapist difference but again it's just talking about making sure that you're a good match that's it right so our outcomes are not based on our level of education so how is it not safe or how i don't understand anyway so i again i need to think about this and i need to unpack and, and listen and, and make some notes. I need to go back through that podcast episode and follow up on all of this. But yeah, counselling itself, you don't need more degrees to be a safer counsellor. And what's what's the evidence that says that diploma counsellors are less safe for a client to work with than a bachelor counsellor? Where's the evidence? Because I couldn't find any. I had a quick look couldn't find any I will have a proper thorough look during the week when I've got some time up on my hands and I can sit down and do this um, properly but I couldn't find any evidence anywhere to say that diploma qualified counsellors are less safe than a counsellor with a bachelor again doesn't make any sense all you have to do is your level of qualification doesn't determine how safe it is for somebody to work with you uh my evidence of this is you can go to the APRA website. On the APRA website, you can have a look at all the complaints. And guess what? There are doctors, there are psychiatrists, there are other health professionals on there with PhDs, with master's degrees, all misbehaving, doing wrong things. Okay, the ones who get in trouble, I'm talking about, not the ones who have no further action, but the ones who are doing the wrong things. So it doesn't matter what level of education you've got, right? Do you see what I mean? They're they're not even related. There's no correlation between your level of education and and the safety. No, I don't get it. Um, And it's a concern. It's a concern that ACA and, and PACFA, and as I said, I don't understand. I've got to go back and listen. It's just my opinion. But it's a concern to me that they'll be saying, yeah, well, if we want to be seen as professionals, we've got to scrap diplomas, so to speak. I know I'm, you know, um, paraphrasing everything. It's, they're not saying scrap. Well, pack for is, but whatever. Um, but I think the thing is that it's it's going to be problematic and it doesn't, those same thoughts and those same frameworks to my way of thinking, just do not apply to our field of counselling, 
Okay. Now I know it's going to be really triggering for some people to hear, especially as we've got um, one membership in particular that has levels. And I don't know on, on what basis or, or what grounds that framework was developed. Um, but I could imagine if I was part of that member organization and I'd been told if I wanted to move up levels, I had to invest money in doing more courses and more courses. I'd be pretty annoyed at hearing what I'm talking about today. And I'd want to be defending the fact that I'd gone and spent more tens of thousands of dollars on education that I'm realizing now perhaps wasn't really necessary after all, and that it's just become a political thing. And we're moving away from our core work, which is the therapy. I understand how that could be really triggering and really upsetting for some people. And I appreciate that. And I want to acknowledge that. But anyway, as I said, I'm still going through and I've got to set aside time this week and I'll sit down with my pen and paper and I'll take notes and I'll I'll write a response um, and I'll share that in our communities. But the other thing that I did was uh, just some of those things that we were talking about on that um, recording there made me think, yeah, I need to do something and help these diploma qualified counsellors as best as I can because it doesn't look like anybody else is going to number one and number two I just don't want what happened to me and so many other psychologists to happen to this sort of subgroup here of counsellors I want to do everything I can to ensure that they have all the access to all the opportunities and all the resources that they need in order to be good at their job and to thrive and flourish and do so ethically. Um, and of course, yeah. oh, this was the other thing that I was going to say. Sorry, when I just mentioned about ethics there, this popped into my head. I wanted to say that I don't believe your level of education makes you safer as a therapist. I believe the thing that makes you safer is whether or not you're a member of an organization or not. And I'll tell you why. Because when you're a member of an organization, and it doesn't have to be ACO or PACFRA, it could be something else, you you would have a code of conduct. Well, some member organizations called it a code of conduct or a code of practice. Um, you're going to also have an ethical code, like code of ethics, Plus, there's also going to be accountability built in there with uh, requirements for you to meet supervision requirements and um, ongoing professional development or continuing education or CPD, continuing professional development or the different language that the different groups use. So I think that, you know, safe counsellors are probably the ones that are in those sorts of organisations which has nothing to do with your level of education so why on earth are we asking people to or encouraging people or recommending that people go and get tertiary qualifications especially when um, you know most of the counsellors this is their second or third career and most of them are women identifying as women most of them are identifying as women and most of them are 35 plus right so they're going to be going back as mature age students and you know where that's all going anyway I don't want to belabor the point I just want to say that based on all of that I decided to create a space for counsellors who did have a diploma and who were getting worried about all of this and it's just called the Diploma Counsellors Society but in there 
I've put all sorts of things. We've got a case study library. We've got ethical resources or resources for ethical practice. We've got um, what else? Uh, did I say case study library? Uh, coaching calls, uh, peer supervision, monthly peer supervision, all that kind of stuff to kind of support them. Templates for case notes, guest speakers coming in, talking about counselling modalities. They can get PD when they're in there, all those kinds of things. So I just want to do everything I can to support this little cohort here. Well, they're not that little actually, you know. I think, again, my memory could be failing me here, but I'm pretty sure on that call that we had with Joanna, she was sharing there that most of her members were diploma qualified. Um, they've been grandfathered or something. So I do need to check that. Don't quote me on it. But um, yeah, so I just wanted to make sure that they've got a voice and they've got a space. And I want you to know if you are uh, studying towards your diploma congratulations that's so exciting and welcome to the profession and if you are practicing with a diploma please don't doubt yourself and please don't worry about the future we'll get through it together and we'll, fo we'll focus on it together and there is this space for you now so if you want more information about that I'll put the link below in the show notes maybe tap pause go down and check to be in this uh, membership so it's a membership you get a membership portal plus there's a community plus there's the or all the things all the bells and whistles it's all listed on the um, information page hit pause go and read the information page it's going to cost you $17 to join right not even a cup of coffee a week it's going to cost you $17 to join. Yes, it's a tax deduction. Yes, you will get certificates of attendance for the trainings and the guest speakers that come in and things like that. Um, yes, there are some other goodies in there that you can get. Yes, there are bonuses in there as well for you. Yes, you can cancel at any time. No questions asked. You're not locked into anything. Yes, it's in Australian dollars. Why is this one in Australian dollars? Because it's only for counsellors who are in Australia with diplomas so it doesn't make sense because it's not an international product that I'm selling it's not a product that's getting sold to people from all countries of course this one's going to be in Australian dollars so I think it's a good investment anyway it's $17 until we have 60 members we've currently got 50 so there's still 50 places available at the $17 once we have those 50 places gone the fee goes up right to 27 or 37 dollars i haven't decided yet i'll check with the group most likely and see what they think the value is and choose a price from there so anyway um you're most welcome to come along and join now what i wanted to talk to you about today was the four levels of consciousness because this is fantastic so you don't have to be spiritual or anything to use this but I am <laughs> and I know most of you love this stuff as well so you've heard me talk about this before if you're um, not new to the podcast you'll definitely have heard me speak about it before I think I've also done YouTube videos on it before as well and trainings in some of our groups but I just thought it might be interesting to go over it again but I wanted to do it more in depth and more in detail okay so there are four levels of consciousness and these are to me, by me, through me and as me. Okay, so I'll walk you through 
the four levels of consciousness. And yes, if you want to jot this down, go and get your hip pause again and <laughs> go and get your podcast journal and um, your pen. And maybe like me, I've got a hot chocolate here at the moment. It is so cold. <laughs> I'm freezing all the time. But anyway, and then come back and you can take some notes as we go along. So uh, I'm going to start at to me. So to me is the first level of consciousness. You might also remember it as uh, there's a phrase called the lower mind. Um, but anyway, uh, to me is represented by a few things, right? It really talks about um, a victim mindset. And when we're thinking about a victim mindset, we're feeling powerless, right? We're feeling like we don't have any control over anything. We're feeling bitter about it. We're feeling upset about it. Um, this victim mindset is also associated with the wounded feminine. So, you know, we have the um, yin-yang energy. I learned it as masculine and feminine. And there are four parts to that. You have the sacred healthy masculine energy, the sacred health, healthy or divine feminine, and then the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine. So wounded feminine is really about, um, yeah, she's just sitting there feeling like she has no control over anything. Um, she's feeling really powerless. She's feeling bitter. She's feeling upset, angry at the world. She feels like she's a bit of a martyr, like she does all of the things, but nobody loves her. Nobody gives her the time of day. Um, it doesn't matter what she does. She never gets what she wants. She never gets the outcome that she's wanting. So she's very much, you know, a pity party, that, that kind of energy. Um, it's a very emotional energy, the wounded feminine. She's not thinking, she's not thinking clearly. She's so emotional and it's a lot of drama. It's a lot of drama. And when you're in the to me, you want to go and tell everybody about your drama and about all the things that have happened to you and how horrible they were and how mean and horrible people are and things like that. So it's this very emotional energy. Um, and for that reason, it's often associated with the element of water. Water is an archetype. It's a symbol that's been associated with emotion since well, the beginning of time, I want to say, like such a long time. And even with um, the tarot cards, you know, water is represented by cups and that's all about emotion. So um, there's also here, if we're talking about inner child, parent, adult, um, you know, stuff like that, this would be inner child. It's, it's inner child, past wounds, getting torn open, very raw, very fragile, all those kinds of things. That's to me consciousness. And when you're in to me consciousness, it's very, very difficult to hear the messages from people who are in higher levels of conscious awareness, like level two, level three, and level four. You just can't even hear it because you're just so swept up in your own drama. You can't even hear it. And even if people in those high levels of consciousness do their best to try and connect with you, um, you're probably going to then go around and say, you know, can you believe she told me that I should do deep breathing or use some mindfulness? Gosh, has she never understood? Has she never been in this position? Who does she think she is? And stuff like that. You will never receive the guidance because you just can't. 
when you're in a higher level of consciousness, you can always move between lower ones and where you are, but you too will never be able to understand or see things from that higher level until you've yourself moved into that higher level of awareness and we see this all the time don't we in the counseling community I'm sure you can think of posts in some of the groups or comments in some of the groups that really um, resemble that to me sort of you know victim mindset you know I don't have any control so I'm going to spray at the world and you hate on everybody and I'm going to get you back and all this sort of stuff in fact I'm sure if you went into one of the big counseling communities today you, you could scroll through and just challenge yourself to find a post that to you represented the to me level of consciousness and you'd find it you'd probably find a bunch of them actually um, now from there the next level of consciousness up is by me okay so Oh, sorry, I just forgot to mention there with to me, it links to the past. It, it links to the concept of the past. So it's past wounds being opened up, right? When we move into the next level of consciousness, which is by me, we move into the present and we take control back. And we do this by asking ourselves, what can we do to change it? What can we do to fix it or make it better? What's my part in this? What's required of me? What am I meant to be learning here? What's the lesson? Um, all those kinds of things. Um, how was I responsible for what happened? Okay, now that question there, how was I responsible for what happened? That was the most powerful question that I asked myself that got me out of being in to me consciousness. And here's the thing, you're not permanently in a particular state, right? You, you're going to fluctuate depending on the situation. But sometimes when unwanted things happen, um, you will find yourself in to me consciousness. Why did he say that? Why did she say that? Why did they do that? Those kinds of things. And it's going to take you time to calm down, right? Like maybe it's going to take you 24 hours. You're going to need to sleep on it before you calm down. And then what I did was I asked myself, you know, some of these questions that I'm sharing with you. But the hardest one for me to really eyeball was how was I responsible for this in the first place? Because it's really hard to accept responsibility for things sometimes, especially when you're moving out of it's everybody, it's everybody else's fault. It's not my fault to move into that space of, well, what did I do or not do that's contributed to this? It's tough. It's a bitter pill to swallow. But here's the thing. When you can sit with that and you can ask yourself, yeah, well, what did I do or not do? All of a sudden, answers come flooding through and now you're back in the driver's seat and now you're back in control and the anxiety goes away. And that's where you want to be, right? Because now you have no fear anymore because you know the steps to do to take the action that needs to be taken. So um, oh. sorry, bless me. Um, that's why this energy is associated with being in the present. This energy is also associated with the element of the earth because it's getting grounded again, right? We're coming out of the drama and we're getting grounded it's not associated with the inner child it's associated with the parent so parenting 
the inner child, parenting your thoughts, parenting your emotions, right? Um, seeing the situation through those guiding eyes, through that guiding lens. Instead of being associated with emotional energy, as we saw in Toomey, this one's associated with physical energy, right? And it's associated with wounded masculine. So wounded masculine is about, you know, where was I not being responsible? Where was I not showing up? Where was I not leading? Where did I drop the ball? All those kinds of things. For us, it's about, you know, what process was missing? What was missing in my systems here? What was missing in my cancellation policy? What was missing in the way I rolled out my fee increase? What was missing in my recruitment process that, that caused all this to happen in the first place? You know, what, what was missing here? So it's very much a focus on what was missing and if finding yourself, you know, frustrated at that. But what we're going to do at the same time is recognize that, yeah, we dropped the ball, but we don't have to stay in, in the wounded masculine because we're going to start looking at how we take responsibility for it. OK, and this is about physical energy, which is about action taking. OK, we want to take action now. We've done enough of the sitting down, crying and, and you know, stamping our feet and having the tantrums. Now we're going to try and, in air quotes, fix it. The next level of consciousness is called through me. Through me uh, level of consciousness is the one most people get to and stay at. Through me is very much associated with the energy, not of the past or the present, but of the future. It's associated with the element of air. So it's often about thoughts, thinking, beliefs, those kinds of things. And it's not associated with that inner child or the parent, but it's associated with adult, right? It's associated with the adult, with independent thought, with independent feeling. This is um, a space of being in the mental energy that's addressing or working with the wounded feminine, wounded masculine. So here, what, what you would do is you're in a situation, you've you know, this horrible things happened, you've realized how it was your fault or what you did that contributed to it happening in the first place, you're dealing with it. And now what you're saying is, okay, now I, I am open to receiving guidance, like show me what needs to happen next. And this show me will be asking for guidance from a mentor or a supervisor but usually it's asking for guidance from within right so you might call it your god energy source energy universal energy you know whatever energy you want to call it but i just say it's coming from within it's connecting from within and this is the through me is where you're asking how did i grow from this what was the lesson for me from this you know, and it's starting to operate the whole practice really in as many different areas as you can from that space of guidance from within and implementing that guidance from within. Now, through me um, is about the mental energy and about the air and about the adult. So it's going to be trusting, okay, 
trusting that the guidance you're receiving is for you, trusting that it's right, trusting that it's ethical, trusting in yourself to follow through with it, okay? So that's through me consciousness. And then the last one there is as me consciousness. Now, this is the one that, um, you know, people can and do reach as me consciousness. Um, but a lot of the time people just kind of stick with, with through me and, and that seems to be enough. But if you wanted to take this further, you could move to as me consciousness. So as me consciousness, it's not associated with past, present or future. It's kind of timeless, really. Um, it's associated with the element of fire and fire is all about action. It's associated with not the concept of the inner child, the parent or the adult, but now it's associated with different archetypes. One of those archetypes could be the magician, for example. It's about transformation. It's about, wow, how did I get that change? I don't even, I'm not even consciously aware of how I created this amazing outcome for myself, right? It just kind of happened. It's an integration of energy, um, being emotional, physical, and mental. So bringing all those three things, um, energy components together and working with them it makes you feel very empowered because you have balance between the practical you know these are the steps I need to take as well as the um, intangible of these are my values this is what feels right for me this is what my inner guidance is showing me you have the balance now you've harmonized the masculine the feminine and that's how you get into this flow state right feeling very empowered so those are the four levels of consciousness so when we're talking about something like let's say you want to recruit some practitioners for your practice and you're having a really tough time of it you've put the ad on seek I'll do a few examples don't worry um, but you put the ad on seek and nothing's happening and time's ticking and you really needed a practitioner for your practice like six weeks ago you cannot stretch this out any longer you're not getting the types of quality candidates applying for the job as you had initially anticipated so let's imagine you're in that to me state of mind you're in that to me level of consciousness so you're now thinking this is horrible you're saying things like it's so hard to find good candidates for psychology roles. Um, where are all the good therapists these days? No such thing as a as a easy hire. Um, you know, they're just not out there. There's nobody out there. All those kinds of things. So you're not acknowledging that you're doing anything um, wrong or that you're not following things the right way. You're not taking any responsibility for this. It's all the fault of the world, right? So it's because there's not a single health practitioner out there that fits the bill for your practice, all those kinds of things, right? You're getting very upset about it. You're starting to get stressed. You're getting anxious. You're panicking. You're worrying about your diary. You're worrying about the impact not having somebody is going to have on your practice. And then guess what happens? 
you get so desperate that you employ or contract somebody who you knew right from the beginning was not the best fit for your practice because you're desperate and you just need a bum on a seat to come and do the work, right? You you at the point now of you don't even care anymore. You just need someone and you'll take whoever you can get. And this is the best of a bad lot. And let's sign the contract. Can you start tomorrow? That's what happens. And believe me, this has happened. I know because I've been coaching private practice owners for years now. And this happens more than you like to admit. And then what happens? Well, things are rosy for a little while until they're not. Things start happening with that contractor or that employee. They are on their phone all the time. They're not uploading their case notes on time. They're not submitting their invoices on time. They're behind in their Medicare reports. Um, They're not wanting to show up to your supervision sessions. They decide not to come to the team meetings. They don't want to do things outside of hours if they're not getting paid for it. All those kinds of things, right? And now you're in a pickle because it's upsetting everybody else that works in the practice and it's upsetting the clients because maybe this person, you know, I don't know, maybe they take a lot of time off, you know, and so the same clients are getting rescheduled for the third, fourth and fifth time and they're going back to their doctors and they're saying, I hate it over there. They're constantly rescheduling my appointments. I haven't been seen in seven weeks, all that sort of stuff. Believe me, it happens. So if you want to get out of this, the way to do it is to move into by me consciousness. You're going to have to sit down and, you know, drink a drink a cold glass of water here and you're going to have to look at, well, what did I do that got me into this pickle in the first place? You're going to have to ask yourself the tough questions. How was I responsible for this happening in the first place? Well, it happened because I didn't know when I should start recruiting. It happened because although I knew there were people out there that could help me write a really good seek job ad, I didn't want to get help. I thought I'd do it myself because how hard can it be? So I copied other people's ads and just anticipated it it would work. That didn't work. I didn't know how to conduct an interview properly. I thought I did. I googled what to ask in a job interview and I just printed off those questions. Um, but yeah, they didn't work. I didn't negotiate the fee correctly. I didn't, all those sorts of things, right? So you're going to have to look at what you did wrong, what you could have done differently. Okay. That's what you're going to do. And then we're moving to, so you're going to like take action on the, what comes through, right? You're going to create yourself a new recruitment process. You're going to create yourself a new approach to writing your job ad. You're going to create a new approach to receiving the inquiries. You're going to write a new approach to all the things, your onboarding, your orientation, your inductions, all of that sort of stuff, which I know some of you don't have because you're like, well, it's only me in the practice. I know. But when you go to hire somebody, it's not going to be only you in the practice. and You need to have those things, right? So you're going to take all that action, that's how you're going to do it, right? And from there, you're going to go to through me and you're going to ask, start asking, oh, phew, okay, I know what to do next time. What, what was the lesson here? What's coming through me now? What was I meant to know? What was the gain from this? All those kinds of things, okay? So taking a different example, let's imagine that you raise your fees 
and a week or two go by and you haven't got a new referral on the higher fee yet. So you're freaking out. You're starting to panic and you're getting quite emotional. You're worrying, you're obsessing, you're fixating on the money. You're checking the money all the time. You're checking the referrals all the time. You're checking the inquiries all the time. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Why isn't it here? Panic, all that sort of stuff setting in. The fear is setting in, very emotional. And you're saying, I knew this was going to happen. I shouldn't have raised my fees because no one out there can afford my fee. I'm so expensive that I prohibit, you know, my fee prohibits people who really need my help from working with me. Um, you're going to be blaming everything else, right? I knew it was never a good idea. I should never have done it. Da, 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 da. Um, or you're going to say things like, um, why don't people see the value in this? Why can't people see how good I am as a therapist at getting the transformations for them? Why Why aren't people, the, the reason people aren't booking in is because we're heading into another recession. Oh, it, the cost of living's changed and Therefore, people can't book in at my new fee. It's because of the cost of living. Oh, it's because I live in a rural area. Yeah, nobody's booking in with me at this new fee because I live in a rural area and no, there's nobody there that can afford me because they're farmers or whatever it is, right? I've heard this before as well, don't worry. It's not true, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's true that I've heard it, but the, the thinking feels true in the moment for the people, but they end up seeing that it, it was not true. <laughs> And then you want to move into buy me thinking. So let's have a look. Okay, what's going on for you with your referrals here? <laughs> so I want to say, how am I responsible for the lack of referrals coming in? And guess what? It's not going to be about the fee that you just increased 10 days ago. Are you still posting on social media? If you're on social media, when was the last time you updated your website? And guess what? It's not enough to go in and update your website and just say, yeah, I've updated it. You have to update it the right way with the right content, okay? You can't just go and change the heading and put it in a different color or, you know, add a new service in or anything like that. So when was the last time you had a proper website audit done? Have you ever had one done? Are you due for a website audit? How's, do you have, like, how easy is the process for people to book in with you? Have you tried to book in with yourself as a test client through your website? What's it like? Is it a clunky process or is it really easy? Are you making people jump through a lot of hoops with back and forward emails instead of just having a book now button on there? Are you making people do discovery calls or letting them think that they've got to do a discovery call? before you can before they can book in with you why can't I just book in right so is it that does that need to be looked at what's your onboarding process looking like what's your branding looking like what are your photos looking like what's your marketing looking like at the moment have you have you dropped the ball with your marketing right so have a look at how you are responsible for not getting in the level of referrals that you're wanting and make a plan from there Okay, and then from that space, you're going to go into three. You're going to say, "What was the lesson for growth? Da 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 da. What am I more aware of here, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And that's you've got to have a growth mindset if you're running a private practice, and this is how you get it. 
So they're, they're two examples, one of like recruiting, one of getting, um, you know, uh, new referrals through the door. I'm sure there are plenty of examples in your private practice that you could think of that you could use this model for. So, yeah, to me is number one, by me is number two, through me is number three, as me is number four. In different areas of your private practice, you will go through each of those. Um, and overall, if you take a bird's eye view of how you show up in your private practice, you will probably identify with one in general. It's probably going to be to me. Most of you will probably be to me, in which case, you know, make it a project for yourself th this month, like, you know, or before the 1st of July to try and move your bird's eye view of how you see the practice and yourself into the by me level of consciousness and just see how, what opens up for you and what becomes available to you. It's so empowering. Okay, it really is. So, yeah, maybe when you're having an issue with a team member you might see yourself in to me and have to go through to buy me maybe you've got an issue with a client maybe it's an issue with a system or a process or your online booking system or something like that um and you might be at the through me everything might be going really really well so when you're in through me look at well how do i get into level four now how do i get into ultimate flow here where am i out of balance with the being and the doing and how do I bring myself back into balance to create that ultimate flow and shift myself into level four? So you can do this task by task or aspect by aspect of your business, or you can do it for the business as a whole, right? That's the beauty of this. But this framework gives you the pathway to access progress so that you never, ever, 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 ever feel stuck and you never say I don't know what to do this model means that you always know the right next step so if this is stuff that really resonates with you and you connect with it and you understand it it is something that's discussed more in the private practice inner circle so the inner circle is for private practice owners that are a bit more spiritual and they like to do this inside out stuff um, and they really value lenses at archetypes and energy work and stuff like that so you can come into that um, next time it opens it only opens once a year in fact it's been it hasn't opened again since it opened originally I'm due to open it so maybe I'll I'll look I'm just making a note for myself now actually because I was going to direct you to it if you wanted to join but you can't because it's not open um yeah I'll figure out something I will open that up for you in the next few weeks. And for those of you who are interested, you're more than welcome to come along. But I hope that this was an informative episode for you that helps you think about your private practice in a new way or in a deeper way or in a more reflective way. And I want you to know that, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with how you're working at the moment. It's all just part of the process and you're exactly where you need to be. And, you know, I'd love for you to just step back and acknowledge just how far you've come in the last, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, five years, you know, allow yourself to see the good, the good work that you're doing 
even if you're studying you know it's amazing that you even got here like that's huge so you're doing really 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 well um i'm gonna support you every step of the way if you didn't know that already <laughs> hope you do now <laughs> and if you need anything at all just message me on instagram my handle is at the private practice coach or connect with me online in facebook as you know i don't do email so no point sending me one because i'm probably not going to respond to it um and I don't want you to get upset about that. So you know how to contact me if you need anything at all. I hope this was really helpful. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a lovely rest of your weekend. Bye. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.